This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of internal medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. Welcome into Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Jay White, here today with Jeremy Thompson, the Hattiesburg Computer Doctor, and Wilts Cotrere, IT Director with Rankin County and IT Instructor at Holmes Community College. Everyday Tech is MPB Think Radio's show about consumer technology and your very own personal IT department all wrapped up into one convenient package. Jeremy can help you fix it. Wilts can help you keep it safe. And they can do both well, so you're in good hands either way. Hey, coming up today, a fish spending owner's money online revealed his credit card information on a YouTube stream. That's a real sentence that I just said that really happened in real life. Really. That really happened. We'll have that story. Uh, Samsung's Galaxy Unpacked event is today. Now, for for the Android heads out there, this is the big deal. This is when uh, the, the lead of the Android pack releases what they're doing with their lead products. So it's a big deal uh, for Android users today and for folks who don't worship at the altar of Apple. Um, AMD thinks that PC sales and their slump will end after maybe one more rough quarter. We can talk about that. But today our main focus is chat GPT. This is something that has just recently kind of exploded onto the scene. And boy, I feel like we could do and probably will at some point 10 shows on these. But I feel like we could do 10 straight shows talking about, I mean, really, it, it, with each layer that you peel back, you just you uncover more limitless possibilities with this and that can be scary because we know how responsible big tech is uh, and we we know how ethical uh, big tech is and what morals they have so we're sure they're going to guard it well uh, artificial intelligence and its future but uh, open uh, excuse me a chat GPT which I keep wanting to call open GPT I don't know what that was and what it had in my what effect it had in my life but man it's stamped in there so we want to hear from you this morning got any tech problems you got any issues you got any questions you want to talk to us about chat GPT what have you been able to make it do so far what's the wackiest or zaniest or most eye-poppingly good thing that you've been able to do <clears throat> we were talking about this yesterday and I asked it to write a 30-second promo that Jason Klein, our director of radio, has been on me to make. And uh, I took the concept that he gave me for the promo, and I asked it to write me a 30-second promo. And it went and did it. It wasn't exactly perfect, right, because it didn't, it wasn't, it didn't start from the right perspective. It started as almost like a, like a, it was like, welcome to MPB Think Radio. I was like, eh, that's not how I would start it. If you're already listening to the station, you've already got your welcome, as you understand. But uh, outside of that, it basically slapped out a 30-second radio promo uh, with pretty good syntax, quickly to the point, did it really quick. I'm like, man, that's a pretty narrow niche right there if it's writing radio promos. Our jobs are no longer safe, Jay. I know, right? (laughs) Matter of time. Did you read it? Uh, let me see. I was trying to dig it up quickly, and here's here's what I wrote it. And I I started laughing because my description 
of what I was asking it to do is actually longer than what I was asking it to do. Uh, here's what I told it. Write a 30-second radio promo for MPB Think Radio about transitioning from over-the-air listening to listening digitally to the live streamer podcast like tens of thousands of Mississippians have done hundreds of thousands of times. Right? That's kind of the promo itself right there. If you just rearrange some of those bits, you've basically already written it. <clears throat> but I wanted to see what it can do. And it says, welcome to MPB Think Radio. We're Mississippi's premier source for news, culture, and conversation. Now you can listen to us anytime, anywhere. With our live stream and podcast, you can stay connected to the stories that matter to you. Join tens of thousands of Mississippians who have already made the switch to digital listening. Tune in today and experience the power, power it says, of MPB Think Radio. How about that? It's pretty good. Jeremy Wiltz, good morning. Jeremy, what do you think about uh, open uh, uh, chat GPT? It's OpenAI is the maker of it. I think that's where I'm confusing. OpenAI is the creator of chat GPT. But, uh, Jeremy? I, mean, I, I certainly think that's uh, that's impressive. Ooh, I need to turn the gain on this thing down. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's pretty impressive, although uh, more or less it just kind of like gave you a generic uh, – fluff paragraph and then just sort of filled in the blanks with what you wanted yeah but isn't that writing anyways right that is by and large generally speaking what ai can already do with different things like i've you know it 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 writes articles and different stuff like that like i've seen it uh websites like max preps which is a high school sports website uh, you know, it can take the score of a game and the team's records and the two teams playing and where they're playing and basically write an AI-generated, very general 30,000-foot view article about a, any any sport, any game. So it's, it's, it's kind of like that to some certain extent. Wiltz, good morning. How's it going for you, sir? Oh, man, pretty good, pretty good. Just keeping it between the ditches and wondering where was ChatGPT back when I was having to write all those term papers. I mean, come on, I feel like I'm really kind of missing out in this generation now. Now I'm feeling the generational gap. Right, and and here's the thing. I've kind of failed to lay this out uh, correctly, and Wiltz just went to one of the main things, one of the main things about ChatGPT uh, is that students at universities – are asking this chat GPT to write out papers for them. And it can do it in very quick order. These papers, well, read- these papers are passing like plagiarism tests, uh, tests and being turned in at major and big time universities and tech schools and trade schools and things like that. And folks is worried about it. And I, I can't, look, I'm a, I'm a father of four who's over 40, so there's built-in worry uh, in just waking up and getting out of the bed that everything will land right. But uh, there is worry Amen. that this is how we lose control of the world to robots, right? Well, okay, so <laughs> OpenAI put out a tool to, uh, to, to verify whether something was written by its chat GPT or not. It says yeah. that it's not entirely accurate. Um, it's the equivalent of Blade Runner's Voight comp test, which I- I'm going to have to look that up. Um, so, that's so self. That's, get it wrong. That's a self-verifying tool, basically, for the program, right? I, I guess so. Yeah. Like, did I write this? Maybe I wrote this. Yeah. 
Well, I'll guarantee you from a teaching standpoint, there will be, you know, there will be a, we're, we already use some other ways of looking for plagiarism. Like, for example, when papers are submitted right now on the teaching side, we can run it through different things. And, you know, um, teachers can use Google too. So there, there's, the thing it's is, it's always kind of entertaining when people think it's like, oh, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to copy this uh, this page word for word and just kind of include that into my answer. And it's like, no, no, these uh, these online systems are already meant to check that. I think it'll just be a matter of, of time and probably very brief time before there's going to be some kind of mechanism to see if you're using AI to write things. Because and, and beyond that, it's like, have you ever seen like somebody who. I don't know. the I'm trying to think of the nice way of putting this, but when you write and speak normally one way and all of a sudden you turn in a paper and it's it's got a different tone to it, it really jumps out and is very blazingly obvious that it's not your work. All right. So here's here's a question. Oh, man, we've we've gone down a very hot trail right here. And you're yeah. you're a professor at one of Mississippi's junior colleges, junior or community colleges. Um yeah. So this is interesting. This is very interesting. Um, I guess let me back up, Jeremy, if you will, if you want to, and you can yeah. certainly decline this. But if there's a way, give us a thirty thousand foot view of what Chat GPT is and what it does for, for folks who are not aware and not and don't have an idea of how and what this thing is capable of. Let, let folks kind of know what it is because it's chat GPT is kind of a I don't know it's misleading to a certain extent because you ma- it makes it sound like it's like a little chat box that can happen in a computer which is technically true but there's I mean that's like that's point oh 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 one percent of what it is okay first off thank you for uh throwing me out here with another one of these give us the 30,000 foot view without <laughs> even warning me that this was coming but basically well, I, hey I, I gave you plenty of opportunity to to I do have the, the the Wikipedia page open so I could read you what the 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 the, the very general description of it is, but I was you know I was going to let you okay, kind of throw so, your creativity in there. Well, basically, I mean, it, we continue to test what we can do with AI. And first, it was like, well, can we get them to simulate human behavior like in a chat room? Right. So, and we mean we, we're going to say AI a lot today. We already have it. that's artificial intelligence. What we're talking about? Yeah, artificial intelligence. Which if we <clears> said <throat> that every time, the whole show would be over. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> so uh, the idea is that we continue to to test what we can do with this thing. At first, it was a, a chat room where you know can can we make this simulate a human that you're talking to? Can we make someone think that? And the answer was yes, we could do that. So uh, then scientists and technologists built on top of that and they were like okay well now we want to make it smarter we want to make it like all encompassing and this has been um something that has been tried a few times over the past several years where um who was it was it microsoft that created the ai that they let loose on twitter and it very rapidly became educated in you know what? I'm getting way off base. Okay, so basically, <laughs> this is something that that has been played with over time, and it's something that has to be approached very carefully because the machine is learning from its interactions with every person that talks to it. So it 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 creates its own. It's basically like a computer brain that is being developed 
to handle all kinds of prompts. And at this point, chat GPT is the culmination of that brain where we can tell it that we want information or we want it to give us information on a certain topic and it will go for as long as you want it to. And this is something that's already been let out in the wild. There are reporters that are creating articles with this thing, which is something that needs to be done carefully because this information has not been vetted. So we are trusting it, you know, hey, this is what it's putting out there. Do we do we take it with a grain of salt or do we do we actually do we know that this thing is talking? It knows what it's talking about. And so this is something that we're you know, we're just seeing the ramping up effect of this. We've we've used artwork to tell a computer, uh, you know, give me a dinosaur wearing a birthday hat and it can generate that art with you art for you based on that very general explanation of what you want. So it is a machine generated from a, a machine generated response from a prompt and you can tell it pretty much whatever you want it to do or talk about. Absolutely. I think that was like 50,000, hundred million foot view. Uh, it's, it's a very, well, I don't, I don't know that there is a very simple way that you can describe what it is and what it does and what its potential is. Yeah. And it's one of these things now that, that they're looking to integrate into Microsoft Word and other writing utilities and programs to to help people with this. Now, that part, I'm, I'm still kind of grasping at like, what what are we doing here? Is is this is this to enable people to be lazy or is this like actually a tool that we can use to make our lives easier? And so far it seems like the answer is it's a tool to, to make us lazy. But that's one thing that we have to approach very carefully because as this thing takes away our own abilities, it may replace our abilities. But at this point, it's something that needs to be approached very carefully because not everything that this machine spews out is factual. And that's, that's a big point. It is interesting. There is so much data and so much information that this database has, it's extremely intelligent. It's almost immeasurably intelligent. But the one thing that it does not have is a human being's ability to interpret context. And so the intelligence of it can take it a tremendous amount of the way, but it will never, ah, well, I don't want to say that, yet, can it take it all the way into acting, uh, responding, performing, interpreting information like a human being? It just can't. There are too many variables in human beings, and artificial intelligence just can't get there yet. I don't want to say that, it'll, that, it, that it will never be able to replicate human behavior in that way. Or or, or 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 mind processes, but I don't know, maybe it will one day. So Wilts, and, and, and Jeremy scratched on the education element of this quickly for just a second there. But Wilts, as an educator, this is, man, this is setting the education industry and sector on fire because... There are a lot of people whose ultimate, I guess, uh, objective is to protect education from this. A lot of other people want to mm, 
try well, try to see try to see how you could use it to its fullest extent. And to me, just listening to a, a podcast this morning, it had me thinking of, you know, maybe it is able to fundamentally reshape how we do education in that we're not we're not trying to have kids for years and years and years on end memorize data because data will be somewhere else now and it will be able to it will be able to be called up instantly by a thing just by you asking it out loud so i don't know that there's a need for us to teach each other this or the same volume of data as before because it can be relied upon somewhere else but at the same time it's all that data that goes into people that makes them makes all of us individually who we are and what our creativity is and our passions and stuff like that. So there's, well, I, there's a slippery slope there. Well, I mean, I think we already see a lot of that. Uh, if I pressed you right now, could, do, do you remember 10, pe- 10 of your friends' phone numbers? No. And how much do we already rely on spell check and people can't even spell anymore? So, I mean, it's like, <laughs> right. you know, um, they're instead, you know, I mean, and, and quite honestly, this is kind of a, it, it kind of touches on a pet peeve of mine. And it's something that anybody who's ever been in one of my classes knows when I do discussion questions on testing and everything else, I make them, it's, it's not meant to be an English class, but I say, okay, this is a short answer. And I expect it to be in complete sentences, you know, a yeah. noun, a verb, um, because at the end of the day, we, in my opinion, that slippery slope is we start losing that ability to effectively communicate. We already have lost, in many instances, the ability to remember phone numbers. We've already, in many instances, lost the ability to, to, to spell because it's so much easier because, ah, you know, Outlook or Word or your phone or whatever, it'll just correct the spelling for you. Who needs to really know how to spell inconvenience right. or impossible? Yeah. And and so that's one thing that I try to do in the class. Like, okay, you need to communicate in a complete sentence because here's the thing, you know, um, when I'm sitting here at work and I'm having to send an email or I'm having to communicate to my end users or communicate to my boss or communicate to my coworkers, uh, I'm communicating with a whole bunch of different generations. And I'm sorry, certain groups of people are not going to understand, um, you know, as, you know, text shorthand. And I think that's where that's where the risk really comes in is can people actually communicate? I mean, I'm all I'm all for shorthand when it comes to it and it comes in handy. But um, I, I've seen it wait. And, and, you know, I see it a lot in, in discussion questions. I know how I hear somebody talking in class and all of a sudden they get to the online portion and it's like I'm you know speaking to Sigmund Freud or, you know, George <laughs> Washington or something with all these like wherefore art thou and all this like, you know, very eloquent language and it's like i've seen your test papers you don't speak that way and you don't already talk that way um you know i i don't know it, it so and, kinda, and th- this is another one and if we have educators listening concern me yeah if especially we ha- as someone who's actually written a couple of books i had to actually think on these things and now the idea that oh i can just plug in a couple of parameters and write my third book i mean well and here's the thing and, th- and th- this is partly what uh, uh jason my boss and i got on this conversation is that one of the examples that he had seen is that somebody had basically just asked this thing to write a book about a topic, and it did. And so he copied yeah. it because it's it is it is all original. Again, it's not it's not plagiarized, or you can check for it to be. And he did, and it wasn't. It's all original, 
And he published the book to Amazon and started yeah. selling books. I mean, he just asked this thing to write a book for him. It did. And because it's artificial intelligence, uh, I suppose it because he asked it the question, it belongs to him. It's open source. And, um, you know, because it has the amount of information it does, this is, you know, brand new information iterated in the way that it was for the first time. So it's original technically in that manner. And he can, he can go and make money off of something that he just asked artificial intelligence to do. He didn't really make it himself. But in that regard, let me take it back to education for a minute. Um, now, Wilts, you're talking about how uh, you can tell, you can, you, can re- you can look at a paper, know who a person is and say, okay, they don't talk like that. Um, they don't use language like that. They don't use, you know, colorful, as colorful descriptors like that. They're more to the point in their, in their patterns of speaking. I know this is not, this is not their original creative work. And the way that education has always worked, yes, that's the way it, it, it has been kind of set up in the future. Will we even worry about that? Will it not be, did you come up with this? Will it be that? Did you learn it the right way or do you understand what it is this is saying? Do you comprehend what you claim you wrote? Yeah. And is that is that can that open us up to a style of learning that is like all new that we can't comprehend that can unlock, you know, in learning quickly and in different kind of ways that can uh, unlock intelligence like we've never had? Or is that a slippery slope into maybe and I think. I can't remember which one of you kind of said it like this earlier is slippery slope into mega laziness. Well, not only that, but like where, where does all the information that this machine ascertains, where does it come from? Yeah. Does it come from rando blogs? Does it come from Wikipedia? I mean, I assume that it comes from all sources. So again, the, the issue is like how, how truthful is the information? How factual is it? How accurate is it? And so if we're going to be hammering out AI books, is it just going to be page after page of random drivel or is it actually sensical? I mean, did the guy even read the book or did he just literally tell it to throw a book out there and print it? Well, that is the thing. I mean, it can, it can put together a well-written book because it has data. I mean, it knows how books are written. It's got, it, it, it is well familiar with the structure of, you know, millions of books because that's all part of its database which is part of the dangerous thing it's like if you want to ask this uh chat gpt to write a book there's no human on earth that has as much point of reference of how to set up and write a book as this thing does so all you do is give it a topic and then it's going to go write the best book you can have written but it has no human creativity so at the same time it's like the worst book ever written, but it's like a hundred percent grammatically correct. So, and, and, and can lar- by and large be almost perfectly factually correct. So it does have value, but at the same time, it just, it's, it's blowing norms away and, and it's freaking people out because they're not sure exactly how to approach it. Well, again, based on where it gets this information, it's almost like it's going to become an echo chamber of itself. Yeah, And it's just going to keep regurgitating the same information and refining that over and over. That's kind of what I'm worried about is it's like there aren't going to be any new thoughts out there if this thing's doing all the thinking and writing for everybody. Yeah. And that's that's the other part of it. And that's kind of what I was asking is like it's awesome that it allows us the creativity to take this knowledge and apply it, it in us. new ways. 
But are we going to learn less and less? And are we going to rely on the intelligence or not intelligence? Are we going to rely on the data to live off in the cloud somewhere instead of our brains? But does that allow our brains to have more room for other stuff? And that's that's some way off on the edge of the nebula type of stuff that people are thinking about now that they've never really had the opportunity to think about before. Three dorks are chopping this up, and we're all, I think we're hype about the possibilities of it, but also the the dangers of it at the same time. We could talk about this, obviously, for the whole hour without taking a break. Specifically, if you're listening to this show and you are an educator, you're probably working right now. But if you are listening to this show or uh, if you're listening to the podcast later or on demand at mpbonline.org, send us an email. Everyday Tech at mpbonline.org and let us think. Uh, let us know what you think about the potential of this and its future in education, because that's really where this thing could fly off the handle and just blow up society in a million different ways, or it just could unlock the key to intelligence and knowledge and how it's implied in the future. Or it could do both. Probably we'll do a little bit of both. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio with Wiltz and Jeremy. I am Jay. Let's go uh, right to the phones to start the second half of the show. We'll start in Cleveland with uh, Chuck. Chuck, thanks for calling. What's going on this morning? Uh, Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, Great show, by the way. Thank you, sir. uh, I do happen to be a professor uh, at Delta State. Uh, awesome. But my question is not really about chat GPT. <laughs> uh, my technical question was, uh, what is your opinion uh, on the Windows 11 uh, extended security features like TPM and uh, Secure Boot? I just uh, bought a uh, mini PC recently, and that was turned off. Um, and I managed to enable it, and I noticed the boot time is quite a bit longer now, and I was just wondering uh, what the, the, the gang thought about uh, those security features. Are they worth installing or not? I mean, it, they usually come set up by default, especially uh, secure boot. TPM is more of a module that you can access if you need the features from that. Um, did you turn on secure boot, or did you turn on the TPM? Uh, all of it. It, All of it. Uh, yeah, and it, it did. It did increase the boot time. I just, I hadn't really had enough play around with it to see if it slowed down its execution of, of things. But uh, do you recommend that people uh, make sure that's on on the latest computers? Yeah, I mean, more or less, it's it's become the default. But if it's slowing your computer down, I mean, depending on how old your computer is, it may just be one that doesn't. Uh, run well with those particular options. I mean, if it's in your BIOS, obviously it supports it. Um, but yeah, those things will slow your machine down because they're added security features uh, to protect your computer from malware, accessing credentials, and other sensitive information. Do they have to be turned on? Do they protect you any better? Um, you know, I, I, I can't really... Uh, yes, for, surely they do something, but as far as like turning them off and leaving yourself vulnerable... I would say as long as you're not some super high-up official that's being targeted by hackers, you're probably okay. Um, if you want your computer to boot up faster and you can deal with going without those, it's not going to like leave you like super vulnerable to anything major. Like Just keep your virus protection and your operating system up to date, and you should be good. 
Um, as far as somebody getting physical access to your computer, it's never secure in that sense unless your drive is encrypted. So if you've got super important information on there, you may want to extend your boot time. You may want to encrypt your drive with BitLocker to go that extra mile. Right. Right. Well, that, that's good. I, well, let me just ask you one final question. Does the um, When you have computers arrive in your shop that have this activated, do you notice that they have less virus uh, rootkit kind of problems? No, no, de- definitely not. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't prevent that kind of stuff necessarily. It's all about finding vulnerabilities and exploits and that stuff. And I'm sure those modules have been exploited by hackers already. So it, it, it's more or less one of those like security through obscurity. Oh, it's on and it makes me feel warm and fluffy type things. It doesn't keep you better protected. Yes, in some cases, but does it just absolutely guarantee it? No, definitely not. Well, thank you very much. Yes, sir. So, you know, he asked a good question because it's like, well, does that does that protect my computer from any other kind of viruses or anything? No. You, the user, if you launch something on your computer, on a website, you open an ad or whatever, that's running in a special uh, section of your operating system that is less protected. And so it treats everything um, as a program and it just runs it straight through. So that's why you can still get a virus when you're online, even though you have the best virus protection, even though you have TPM enabled and secure boot. And what is TPM? TPM stands for Trusted Platform Module, and it is basically a chip on your system that can uh, enable encryption and better protect your system. It also allows a lot of control for people on Wilts' end uh, who do a lot of device management for, like, multiple users and things like that. TPM is not something necessarily that the average user will even access. Yeah, we, we, uh, we use things like that because in a corporate type environment we are controlling hundreds of computers and yeah um we're actually kind of going through that right now because we have you know the looming you know as of i think uh, effective today windows 10 is no longer going to be sold with new computers so we're we're all being forced to go the way of windows 11 and tpm is a big piece of that um, but it, it is mostly at this point at least a a, um, a corporate security program we'll use it with bitlocker and things like that all right we uh, appreciate the call this morning we've been talking some about chat gpt and and uh, uh java chapman our engineer today uh during the break was telling me about some stuff that he was searching and uh interacting with it and it, while you guys were answering that that great question we just got that phone call i'm just looking at him shake his head as he watches this thing work in the other room java what were you if you have not been on chat gtp because i had to like refresh the screen so many times because it gets to capacity so quick it does uh so if you get a chance please go on it it is it it is fun i've asked it i've asked chat gtp a couple physical philosophical questions um like what is like what is love um Ooh. you know baby and, don't hurt me it, yeah it definitely <laughs> said baby don't hurt me baby. <laughs> and, and, and then um i actually i actually like who would win in a boxing match muhammad ali or mike tyson Ooh, doggone. Um, what did it have to say i have to know oh well this one it it, the, it gave out First, it said it is difficult to say who would win. A, it's, that's my AI voice. <laughs> Evidently, I <laughs> like that. that was, it is that difficult was nice. to say who would win in a hypothetical boxing match between Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson, as both fighters were exceptional boxers in their respective eras and had unique styles and abilities. It goes on to list basically their records for Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson 
and then two different paragraphs, and then it ends and says, in a hypothetical match between the two fighters, and it's impossible to say for certain who would come out on top as the outcome would depend on a number of factors such as fighters' physical condition, strategy, and tactics on the day of the fight. Ultimately, both Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson were remarkable boxers in their own right, and any hypothetical match between them would have been an exciting and closely contested battle. Like that's, that's well, on the radio. I hope that guy's getting paid by the word. <laughs> and then wow. I asked it to write a rap song about Jackson, Mississippi. I would not rap it, but <laughs> it gave me one, two, uh, three. No, gave me two verses, two choruses, a bridge, and an outro. This uh, chat GTP is amazing. Yep. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. I said I, I asked it to write a, a rap song about South Jackson, and it did. Did it get specific? Because this thing listed like... No, it didn't say anything about like Sykes Park or something okay, like that. Okay. But it did say like, I don't know, blues and gospel and soul food and barbecue, which I, I mean, that's like all of Mississippi. Yeah, so, that's it. There this, you go. That's, that's a little bit of what you... Includes the King Edward Hotel, the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum, gave several landmarks. I mean, like this is... It, it did it in all within like 30 seconds. Did it rhyme? Yes, sir. That was and, wow. and in comparison. I asked it to write an R and B song, and it was completely different. Oh, and it included landmarks, really? and um, you know, it had a different a different tempo and beat. It didn't rhyme as much. I can see where people, you know, where you could add your your singing, you know, in the difference than than just rapping a song with the rhyming words. It's this is and like I said, it did it all in like thirty seconds. <laughs> Oh, it does say something about the King Edward in here, which is not in South Jackson. So, the streets lined with trees and the smell of fresh air, a community of people with love and care, from the capital. Come to on the, now, you got to wrap it, Jake. Come no, on. sir. No, sir. I'm kind of uh, uh, William Shatner, Rocket Man, in it over here. From the capital to the King Edward Hotel, South Jackson, you'll never find a place like this one to dwell. I need more rap, to- uh, rap tunes with "dwell" in it. The word "dwell." All right, let's go back to the phones. They filled up quickly. Let's go to Ferdinand, who's in Clinton. Ferdinand, thanks for hanging on. How's it going? Hey, Ferdinand, you there? Oh, uh, oh start over for us I'm, there. We had, a, we had a malfunction there for a second. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. hi. Love your show, guys. Thank you. Uh, Chat GPT has been the, uh, the talk of the days and these past weeks as well. I'm um, actually an early adopter of uh, Chat GPT. Um, I've got um, uh, a smart home. Uh, which is, uh, I don't know if uh, your engineer knows, uh, Home Assistant. And I've incorporated to J- ChatGPT to Home Assistant, and uh, it, it can do a lot. Now, see, um, that, like, like personal automations? And, yeah. and being it, see, that's, that stuff blows my mind, fascinates me. That, that sends me down the rabbit hole that you got to go pull me back out of the dark from. <laughs> I don't know if you're the same way, but yes. But the personal like automations and stuff like that, yes. And on top of that, and it, because it gets a lot more technical, it, it, my kids use it. And on top of that, it can correct code that I uh, did wrong. And it will give me the suggestions or it will fix it for me. Uh, if if I was to to had you know that automation would create a, a, a difficulty with another automation, it would tell me that you need to correct this, or it will give me the suggestion. It's so yeah. 
so amazing. And it auto-creates pictures for my rooms, for example, like the themes and all, and, and the lighting as well. I have over 120 IOTs, those smart devices and switches and all of that. And, you know, it is so mind-blowing. I mean, I've been waiting for it, but at the end, it's scary. At, uh, at the end of the day, it's scary to think of what is uh, capable of doing. I'm, I'm just, it's mind-blowing. It really, really is. Hey, Ferdinand, uh, thanks for hanging on for us, and we appreciate the call and glad to get you on here. Thanks. Let's, uh, Thank let's, you, guys. Thank you. Absolutely. Let's uh, move it along quickly because folks uh, are in and want to talk about this. Let's go next to Jerry, who is in Ellisville. Jerry, what's going on? Yes, sir. I just uh, recently heard about Chat GPT, and I was wondering uh, when you're talking about being lazy, making us lazy. <laughs> I have <clears throat> I have a book and uh, that I've been working on for a few years, and uh, some short stories. I was just wondering, can you put your text in and have it edited? In other words, make it all grammatically correct and uh, with quotation marks for people speaking and so forth. Or do you Absol- know? Absolutely, you can. You can ask it to. You can uh, ask it to proofread and then and then put uh, you know I guess like copy and paste your stuff in and it'll do it. Really? And that's okay. I mean, folks are using that for like English homework and things like that. And see, I, like I don't I don't know what the, what the harm is with that necessarily. Again, slippery slope. Let people in the door, they kick it open and ransack the house and everything else in it. I get it. But like that that stuff, I don't necessarily see the harm in that. You you so you would have to copy and paste like three hundred pages? You could. Absolutely. You could. I'll be checking I'll be checking into it then because I want to get lazy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> for for a job like that. You're saving resources yeah. right there, pal. That's not laziness. That's frugalness is what yeah. that is. Saving, saving time, too. Yes, sir. Okay. Thanks, thanks a lot. I love y'all's show. Jerry, thank you so much, sir. We appreciate you calling. Let's go next uh, to Oxford. We got David. David, thanks for calling. Good morning. Hey, I uh, hope you can hear me. Uh, I'm, I'm busy working, uh, but I'm listening to your show as I'm, uh, as I'm going through. And I, I just wanted to um, tell you that um, there is a podcast um, uh, by John Favaro called Offline. Uh-huh. Um, and one of the podcasts he did... Um, he talked about um, Chat GPT. He talked with uh, um, I can't remember the, the name of the guy, but he was some kind of um, linguist um, um, professor, and he was talking about how how the um, the Chat GPT, you know, he he could write maybe a um, uh, a tenth tenth grade kind of paper, you know, yeah. but it can't write it can't write something that you know is is gonna is gonna pass you know as as a um, a reasonable um, assignment, you know, for for uh, for college or anything, but I think what 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 I what I gather from this, um, and, and also this is another comment they made, is that you know it, it's like writing your first draft, and um, so the Chat GPT writes the first draft, and then um, you still have the the option for your creativity to come involved with with the, the rest of the um, the rest of the whatever story or book or whatever. Yeah. Oh, no doubt, for sure. I mean, we, you know, we were kind of making the joke, and I mentioned earlier that um, I asked it to write a 30-second radio promo, and it did, and it, yeah. it, didn't necess- it, it didn't write it in the, in the proper context, 
but it right. laid out a framework that I could take this word out and that word out, and basically the promo is basically written. So I mean, it, I mean, yeah, it was like ninety percent done. Um, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't how I would have done it personally, but for ninety nine percent of people doing that, it was perfectly fine, which is kind of scary to some certain extent. Yeah, well, I, and I also wonder. I also wonder if it's if it's, if it's kind of like you know we, we use calculators to do math, you know, right? But we're still we're still using our our brains to to you know to come up with equations for the for the um, calculator to um, to consider. And that's that's a great that's a perfect correlation, David. And we appreciate the call uh, that that I heard some folks on a podcast make is that um, you know people thought bringing calculators into classrooms was going to turn kids' brains into mush because they weren't going to do math anymore. Eh, That's not necessarily it. They still have to learn learn math, Um, but it's part of. I mean, they're they're in our cell phones. They're on your wristwatches now. I mean, it's part of life. Uh, calculators are everywhere. So you don't have to do that heavy lifting with your brain. It's unnecessary. Um, this is kind of the same thing, but I understand the stakes are way bigger. And I've used this terminology already about five times in this show, but the slope is uh, certainly slicker. Um, slippery, more slippery. Jeremy, what were you going to say? You were going to jump in there for a second? Well, okay. So I was thinking about the fact that, like, you know, I, I don't write copy for a living. I'm not like, you know, educated in I haven't taken courses in it or anything. Of course, I have the courses. I've just never actually attended them. But because I don't have time. So I think about like, hey, okay, can this thing write copy for me? So I, I didn't realize that we could log in. I thought we had to like have a special account. I know back in December, you had to have a special account. But now you can just go and set up an account and you can start playing with this thing. So I said, write ad copy for frustrated technology users who need a technology pro. And it's pretty awesome that you can just give it a prompt and tell it like literally I want. You basically copy. just at, you asked it to write an ad for your business basically. Yes, I did. I'm going to stick it on my website once I hone it a little bit. But I get the point now. Like it's like it's sort of like a spreadsheet does all the math for you. And it's just kind of like you just sort of fill in the blanks here where you feel like it's lacking. So it is cool. It is a neat tool. Um, I definitely see the benefit for it in, in businesses and whatnot, especially like mine, where literally if I don't sit down and type that stuff out, it's never going to make it to the Internet. So it is cool to have this tool off to the side to be able to 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 help put my brain on the back burner a little bit so I can focus on other stuff. This definitely has use and it definitely has utility. And I know that Microsoft is looking at integrating this thing directly into Microsoft Word so that you can use it as a tool in that program. Absolutely, they are. They're going to make a lot of money off of it, too. Uh, I heard some folks... Uh, guessing that maybe inside of five years it'd be a trillion dollar, trillion dollar product, trillion dollar grossing product. How about that? Not valuation, grossing. That's pretty big. All right, let's go to Elaine, who's been patient with us in Quitman County. Elaine, thanks for calling. Good morning. What's going on with you? Uh, you have talked about this before. Yes, ma'am. And gave some recommendations, but it was far south of here. Uh my late husband died very unexpectedly, and he had part of his computer locked up, mm. and I really need some information that's in it. <laughs> Could you help give me the suggestion for somebody up probably around Oxford or some place that I could take it and get some help 
getting into well, those. As far as an actual individual or company that you could take your device to, no. Um, there are a few factors here. If, earlier in the show, we were talking about BitLocker. If your husband has BitLocker on his computer uh, and you do not have access to that code, um, you may not be able to get the stuff off of it. Depending on how old the computer is, it may not have BitLocker. It was you definitely, it's an HP that was purchased uh, in very late... Um, 2020, early 2021. It could very well have BitLocker enabled by default. Uh, I've seen a lot of them do that. Um, so you would have to take it to an IT pro to assess it and see if either he could get around the password or if he can pull the drive and pull the files off. But if the drive is encrypted with BitLocker, that is the purpose of that, is to allow your data to be secure if it is removed. Now, if you can get access to his Microsoft account, usually you can reset that through access to the email. If you still have his phone, um, you might be able to reset I, the I account. I can get into his email. Uh-huh. If you can get into his I... Microsoft account and his uh, drive has BitLocker on it, it's very possible that the BitLocker key is stored in his Microsoft account. So if the drive has BitLocker on it, you need to check his Microsoft account and see if it has the decryption key. I know that all of this is like speaking Greek, but if you seek out an me. IT I'm guy, sorry. I'm, I'm it, it's okay. It's it's totally <laughs> okay. We, we totally understand. That's why we have this show to begin with. But you need to seek out an IT guy who can convert that nerd to English uh, so that he can help you get access to those files. All right. Well, that's what I I need some help with. I have no idea how to find someone like that. Well, um, this is what I, I do all day long, um, but I am in Hattiesburg. Yeah. Uh, um, so I'm... there should be other computer companies around you. I would like to look up on Google, see if you can find some good reviews. You <laughs> might even be able to find an individual uh, because nobody cares more about their business than the guy that's running it. Okay, so you don't really have any suggestions for North Unfortunately, no. I, I don't have anyone in. I don't know anybody in that area. Wilts isn't speaking up, so I'm assuming he doesn't either. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I'm kind of like you. I mean, it's like if somebody were in South, you know, around Hattiesburg, I would say you. But I mean, there's just, yeah, there's. Uh, not, you just don't have a rolodex of who some of the the. Good but I, are. I, I'm guessing between Greenwood, Greenville, Grenada, Cleveland, and Clarksdale, and Batesville. Somebody, there's got to be some IT pros between those five or six towns. Somebody's got to be, or somebody needs to open up an office because they're missing an opportunity if there ain't nobody in all them towns. Okay, here's uh, one. Um, it's got good <laughs> reviews on Google. They got 27 reviews. They got a 4.8 review. You know, don't hold this against me. I don't know what they can do, but it's called Rocket Computer Solutions. It's there in Oxford. I'm going to go based on their Google reviews that they do a good job for people, and it says they repair computers. So I would I would seek out someone there that says they have 10-plus years' experience, so they should be able to help you out, I hope. All right, we appreciate the call from Elaine in Quitman County. And Java had a good idea he just mentioned Sorry, to me. That's, I mean, that's rock it like rock IT, not rock it like rocket ship. There you go. I mean, if worse comes to worse, like call the computer science department at Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah, and whoever and answers the phone can probably answer answer the question for you. Yeah, it's, if it's, not, I mean, maybe you can guilt burden them into 
Giving giving you a, a Google search into somebody that can find it. And you may find <laughs> that that, uh, that 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 student you know who just needs a little extra cash, maybe. <laughs> there you go. But you got to be careful, gentlemen, because there you I, go. I help people who you know they'll find that kid who said he could help them with that problem, and boy, did that kid take it from bad to worse. That's very true. That's very true. All right, before we get out of here today, let's go to the pride of Knotts County. It's Les in DeSoto County. Les, what's going on? How's it going? How's it going? Oh, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, a quick point for you. With this uh, artificial intelligence, I was wrapping up the suds with a friend uh, a few weeks ago, and he said it won't be long before there will be a an AI where you can pretty much make a new Beatles record or a Stevie Wonder record or Vivaldi. Uh, and it will sound just like the original, but it's a totally new piece of music. Uh, is that over the horizon? It absolutely is. Spotify's already yeah. working on it. They're already working uh, on it, where you can give it an idea and a feel, and it's going to write you a song. So if I were to play this machine a Beatles song, come up with a brand new one, and I could pass it off as a lost Beatles gem. <laughs> Potentially. That's Potentially. a great idea, Les. We are just capitalizing on this AI left and right, writing fake books, well, bringing yeah. up fake yeah. Beatles songs. Yeah, well, John Lennon dropped this for me just before. Some may say Free as a Bird was already a fake Beatles song. Oh, well. Uh, the, the future is ours. Anyway, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. All right, Les, we appreciate the call. And that's going to do it for us. That's taking us right up to the end of the show. We had one more call. I think it was Bobby on the line. Bobby, we're sorry we're up against the end of it. Give us a call back next week. We had some emails to get to, and there's plenty more to talk about, including what the streaming stuff that's coming on board for February is going to be. Hey, we'll include all those links in the podcast episode of uh, this or the podcast page of this episode. You'll be able to get that at mpbonline.org or wherever you download your podcast from. Or you want to listen to it on the MPB Public Media app. You can do that, too, as well as listen live and on demand to any of the local or national shows that come on MPB Think or Music Radio. It's uh, free in the iTunes and Google Play Store. Just search MPB Public Media app. Hey, coming up next is the original Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart. Wilts, Jeremy, and I will be back next Wednesday at 10 for another episode of Everyday Tech right here on Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.